This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. Are we going to continue to bash United Airlines, or <laughs> should we bash American Airlines? Well, either one. About all, all, the, all of them. The fake things. Well, this all started with talking about those videos. When you see the, the people getting on a plane and like their two-year-old doesn't want to wear the mask, so they kick them off. And then they put out like this whole storyline of how they were treated. And, and then everybody gets on there and there's like thousands of comments. And all those thousands of comments that took at least a minute out of everybody's life is like, fuck United. <laughs> And then, should, then we just start thinking about it again. It's like, this is what we waste our time thinking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. This whole social media world, which just seems to bring, it brings upon so much good. There's so many like outlets and there's so much positive stuff you can follow and look at, but then you're still looking at it mm-hmm. and you're still like in it. And I think the weird thing is like in the fitness world with this sh- stuff, just like of what actually happens to some of those accounts and like what really happens with those people and what people perceive. You know, like I always think about that. Who, well, we don't have to say any names, but like who are some of those? Do you follow any of like the hardcore fitness people that have like a million followers? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like a one to two million followers. And you're just, you're not kicking out anything of like real actual value you're kicking out all this just regurgitated calisthenics while showing your butt or showing your abs or something and people love it yeah they do why is that what what is this i mean i guess the thing i always wonder about is like where does the question of when what excites people like there's a whole world of people trying to get fit but there's not a whole world of people excited about trying to become healthier and about you know, moving better and building skill sets and learning how to exercise so they can find their way. You know, that's yeah. like the coolest part is being able to, to give like to get somebody into fitness. And then they start to say, I really like yoga and I really like this this ground based movement. It's like, well, then go this direction. And do you Here's really highly. Like it yeah. Or do you just think it looks cool? And I think people, a lot of times, especially with social media, they see things that they think are really cool and look really fun. And to that person doing them, probably are. You know, I do the things that I do because I really enjoy them. And that's what gets me in every week. Otherwise, I'm not the kind of person that has the mindset to push through doing something just because I think I'm supposed to do it if I'm not enjoying it. I have a really hard time with that. But most people, they get into something because they think it looks cool or they're looking for a certain aesthetic or something like that. But it's like they're going in and they're hammering it out week after week, but are they really enjoying it? And are they even connecting to their body? And are they allowing themselves to be emotionally well through the process? That's the thing. There's so many underlying psychological games. Like there's just so many, I can't even think to like, like think of the top three it's like you know jeff has been somebody that we talk about like as a as different you know highly and i've talked about the different people we've been around like training different people and how there's kind of there's one side that 
you just feed stuff and they still do well and they can get results and it's just totally fine. But it's not their nature, it's not their their mindset, their their interest to dig deeper. So whereas, you know, Jeff is a trainee, it's like I can instead of teaching you something, I can get recommend you a book. <laughs> and then you'll start diving into that method and actually understand the why and you already have the skill set of practicing the fundamental movements to now just jump into a program. The good thing about the, the coaching relationship would then be I can be a guide of asking questions and helping you into those moments. But there's not a lot of there's not a lot of that anymore. And I do find it when you're talking about the skill based stuff is that there's this so much attention getting things that are cool. They're they're fun and they are that's what the public needs to understand. They are skill-based things. People just practiced and played and were inspired to keep going, and they started doing more. Do you need to do that to be fit, healthy, and look good? No, not at all. But if you want to do that, then there's that's what we're here. That's what we're talking about. What we try to teach is like presenting you the roadmap to be able to get into those avenues. Um, but you know, going further into this. You and I had a conversation the other day, and it's one that I think about all the time because I'm always wondering what other people think about themselves, how they view themselves, like physically how they see themselves, because that's, I've always viewed myself in a funky way, you know, like anytime I've ever really opened up about what I view in myself, it's like, everybody's like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, and you don't see it. And so we were having we had a conversation of where, you know, you're just what you're seven, eight weeks, are eight, we eight weeks? weeks, we're eight weeks post knee surgery. Mm -hmm. And of course life has changed. Mm -hmm. Your daily steps are down. You're not walking and moving as much. You're not mm -hmm. training as hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you told me today, like you're just now getting your heart rate really back up. Yes. So it's been like six to seven weeks of, yes. Not being sedentary, but for you, sure. you're sedentary. Feel, it felt like it. Right. And I'm not complaining because, you know, I shouldn't complain because seven weeks is no. no big deal. At least I was able to move. But, yeah, not being able to, to work out or to move at the intensity that I'm used to is hard. And for somebody like yourself that you're so aware and in tune with your body that when a day goes by, we feel the effects of like not moving, sitting too much, oh, yeah. doing this and that. So when that when that's gone on for six to seven weeks, everybody starts to have those natural thoughts of like, um, man, I I I'm definitely probably putting on a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. I'm not as lean as I was. I'm you know all those those thoughts. And it was funny because we were having a conversation where you were kind of maybe feeling like you had put on some weight and mm -hmm. you know weren't as lean as when you started. But things it's like hey. I'm still positive about this. I'm just sure. kind of aware of what's happening sure. and I'm ready to move forward. And the irony behind it is that the day before when we were hanging out and you were moving around and stuff, I was like, man, in my head. I'm, and I told Jeff, it's like, it's not the thing you tell somebody initially where it's like, I'm really surprised at how lean you, sure. it's like, sure. what you thought I was, you know, yeah. so, but I was thinking that in my head. So then the next day we have that conversation. And it's like, well, I was thinking about how lean you've actually kept yourself right. and how <laughs> you look virtually the exact same to me. Yes. Um, and I'm sure everybody else would say that. But we're about to go into uh, that deep, dark place of how we look at ourselves. Yeah. I know. This, this is, is a gonna... scary conversation. It is scary. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. 
It's but, good. It's good to talk about though, because this is actually a subject I've been very interested in for a few years now. Of that inner monologue, that self-talk, how we treat ourselves mentally, mm-hmm. you know, verbally to ourselves, and how it's very different than how we talk to other people. And I think this is something that everybody suffers from, but doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Well, I find. Go go ahead. It's. I think first of all, it's okay to have a goal of what Uh you want to look like aesthetically. Um, That goal should obviously be realistic, but I think that we all need to have that. A goal, sure, but an idea of like what we really want to achieve. Because a lot of times I hear people say like they want to get fit, they want to be lean, blah, blah, blah. But they don't really want to put in, like, they don't enjoy what right. it's going to take to right. get to that place. And so at what point are you like, okay, I'm healthy, my body is functioning mechanically, like, I'm happy with what I'm with where I am, instead of thinking like, but I want to look like this person. Mm-hmm. So that's really, if you can distinguish between those two, as far as like building a healthy goal for how you want to look, there's nothing wrong with that. But you cannot, you can't have this goal that you're that you're really not ever going to work towards, and then complain about it. So there's that side of it. So if, then, if you are that second person yes. and you want to look like somebody else, uh-huh. and you're aware yes. that that is an actual thought in you, then you're still in a decent spot. Then you're in a spot where you can sure. you can look at that. And I, what I like to do is I call it like. I like to imagine a lifestyle. So if I look at a physique and I look at a person, there's a lot of times the first thing I've got to think is like genetically blessed. Like you can just tell the one percenters versus the others. But when I'm looking at the regular common folk, like you can see like where they're at is indicative to their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it's also indicative, you know, to their mental health as far as their tribe, their community, Mm -hmm. the things they do. So if you are not happy with where you are currently and you idolize somebody per se, instead of letting that be a negative energy and you're aware of it, maybe you start to look at like the lifestyle and the choices that this person adheres to on a daily basis. And now this becomes motivation and it becomes the journey because the journey doesn't have to be complete. You can get close to that, but you never have, you don't have to fully get there. It's it's those actions. Yeah. But you have to somehow turn that into a healthy thought and a healthy mm-hmm. goal um, versus what you were talking about, that negative. Mm-hmm. Oh, that negative. I, I remember reading an article. It's It's been a few years, but it was a, a, a guy's in the fitness industry, and he was like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to detail out. I'm going to go get this six-pack shredded abs, and I'm going to detail out what that process actually looks like. Yeah. And, you know, he does it, but it's a very ugly process, right? right? The way he has to restrict himself and what he eats and everything else where he's like this, you can do this, but you're going to be miserable along the way. But this is what we see, right? This is what's on the cover mm-hmm. of magazines of famous people who have go through all sorts of things to like be in a movie and look that way. But that's not a reality that we all want to have. Maybe, okay, maybe we want to have that, but But what it takes to do that is very unhealthy. And I think that goes back to when we talk about the green strength pillars of like, it's, yes, aesthetics are a nice byproduct of what we do, Mm -hmm. but there's also kind of a limit of how far that's going to take you so that you can still live a healthy life because there's a point where that gets really unhealthy. I agree. Behind any real 
natural, good, healthy physique that is to not somebody that's not genetically bl- crazy blessed behind any natural good physique is going to be the pillars there's going to be good nutritional habits there's going to be um, a lot more self-reflection and awareness with that person and definitely more control of the, their breath and their emotions and um, somebody who's moving all the time so like those are those are pretty constant but another thing i was thinking about kind of like with this is when people accept where they reach a place in which they are happy. And like everybody's gone, you're gone like out with your wife or like out with your boyfriend or anybody on a date and you just look good. Mm-hmm. Like your weight didn't matter at that moment. All of a sudden you looked good and you were like, I look good. Mm-hmm. Everybody's felt that. It's everybody's got to figure out a way to put that feeling into their everyday thoughts to start saying like, this is where I am. I look good. And I'm happy to be here. And if I want to be somewhere else, I need to find the team, find the tribe, find the people around me that can put a tangible, actual, realistic approach of the changes that I would need to make. And then it's up to me to kind of weigh the pros and cons. Do I want that? Do I want to make some of those changes? Do I want to make some of those sacrifices? And then, you know, that journey kind of begins. I think my fitness journey is a great example of that um, because... I've done pretty much every kind of exercise there is, and I've learned what I like, and I've learned what I don't like, but I've also done a lot of things that, um, you know, like running. It just doesn't work for me. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it, and because of that, it's not going to help me mechanically or aesthetically even, because when I'm doing it, I'm just miserable, And when you're not enjoying something and you're not really connecting with your body, which when I'm running, I don't at all, um, you're not going to move towards that goal and you're not going to look and feel like you want to. So this is a trial and error of figuring out, you know, I like to pick up heavy kettlebells and do primal movement and yoga. And that's what works for me. And that's what gets me to the place where I want to be on a regular basis. But That's not going to work for everybody. It's, right. it's what I enjoy, and I connect with it, and that's what makes me successful with it. But other people like other things, and you've got to figure out what that is, and that just goes back to you can't just look at somebody on Instagram and be like, well, they did this, this, and this, so I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to look like them. It's not really how it works. We, we started to talk about – I'm, I'm going to put you guys on the spot here big time, <laughs> and maybe if you make me, I'll do it too, but we started to talk about this – perception we have of ourselves and you know look people you guys may be some of those people that other people are looking at and saying oh I want to be like that they look at highly and see the stuff she does on Instagram right these these amazing movements and everything else and and Luke same thing you're doing these amazing kettlebell movements and all these sorts of things but I know for a fact that that along with me both of you guys have had difficult conversations with yourself and your perception and I think to come down to earth for a second, like I think it would be valuable for people to hear the critical ways you've thought of yourself, how you've looked at yourself and, you know, for people to realize that like it's normal for all of us, even people who are very fit, very healthy, all these kinds of things to still have that. I'd love, I would love to hear. Well, my, my journey is kind of weird in a sense that growing up, I was my, my friends, all my middle school and high school friends and even in college, the same guys, they were all athletes and they were all, 
more athletic than I was. They were the ones in the weight room. They were doing that stuff, and I started getting in, getting into drinking and partying and stuff, and I became the party boy in our group. And, and once I got into fitness, I still had that same addiction. Like So everything I did was fueled by an addiction. It wasn't, there was nothing healthy. I became obsessive and I realized like where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. And I did, I sacrificed every single thing in my life, including every relationship, um, to get there. And at the peak of that was, I would say uh, there's a lot of like good stuff that was still happening in my life. And I was like, formulating a lot of the, the thoughts and the things we're doing today. I mean, those were probably the only practices that were, were keeping me going and, and stuff. But um, was when I was really spending a couple of years and some time down with the Jim Jones crew at the time when that was still together. And it was just like a week get together, a weekend get together of, of hardcore competitive exercise. And a um, little different than, than a CrossFit, but very similar in, this, in the sense that they had standards um, across strength, power, endurance, everything. And we'd go at it, you know, and that was kind of like what I started to mold into is I started to train all the athletes and the fighters around and it became an addiction to me that all of a sudden I became the, the measure of performance. I became the one who I literally went to high school with a couple of guys that played in the national football league. They were freak athletes, but I would, you know, they were chasing me in the weight room. Like they were trying to train with me every day and keep up with me. And uh, I got out to Salt Lake City at one time, and this is definitely the best shape of my life and probably the most broken time of my life because I talk about sacrifices. I was, you know, ending a relationship I was, I was in, and that was all things that um, were exercise-fueled, for sure. I mean, just like the way I was and not giving time for anything else was how I achieved everything I was achieving. So I get to Salt Lake City, um, my buddy Jason Francis and I, we go by um, one of the CrossFit gyms that was owned by a longtime CrossFit Games competitor and stuff. And uh, I did a DEXA scan there. And they were freaking out because I was basically the leanest person that they'd had on the DEXA scan at that time, that they'd been doing that. And it was kind of funny for at first, and I was, of course, like flattered. But then I started thinking, like, man, I always look at like these the CrossFit games athletes. And I'm always like making my case of what, how I think I could do at that time and what, you know, all that. But I never felt like I looked like that at all. And not even close. I mean, I know it's hard to imagine, but it like, I didn't feel like I looked at it at all. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm on this dude's DEXA scan. We're, we're roughly within the same 10 pounds and I'm the leanest one out of this whole crew of his that's ever been on here. And then it's like, man, I look exactly like one of those things, you know, one of those people, but you didn't, it wasn't real. It wasn't me. You know what I mean? And, um, I know that probably doesn't make sense like saying that, but there was so much like I hadn't found the way that that was truly me and I could maintain happiness and life with that. And so it wasn't sustainable and it led me on a chase for a couple of years that, that became really hard because I started getting smarter and doing different stuff. But then like I knew things that I had done in the past were catching up to me, whether it was with food, whether it was with just the way I was trying to push it to get there and try to keep that because the way I trained then can not be 
done for very many years and it, it cannot be, it literally can't be, I mean, it's hard to imagine to fuel it. Like that's why I get so um, kind of like down on the fitness industry all the time when I see all this stuff and I see people posting about what they do and it's like, look, dude, you have no fucking idea of how much training. If I wanted to post shit, like it'd be overboard. But like, what does that do? It didn't bring me anything. It brought me this amazing fitness level that really allowed me to, to see that I've sacrificed everything in life to become this thing and I didn't even know I was this thing and then I had nothing to do with it. That's kind of long-winded, but that's like the first time that I really was less like, man, I totally view myself completely different in the mirror than I do, like, the, you know, and that changes the way I, I do all my daily habits. It changes the way, like, all my relationships, you know, and I'm sure you're thinking kind of the same thing in, in a lot of this, but what about you? Yeah, mine's... Um so Luke has a different mindset, a different uh, personality as far as this stuff goes. He's one of those people that's able to, like, go hard on something. Like, you can, like, really dedicate yourself to a certain style of training or certain nutritional habits. And I have actually always been the opposite. And that mindset was pretty healthy for the most part. But because of that, in my mind, I'm always like, moderation, moderation, moderation. So as I'm trying to like reach this goal of fitness and whatever I'm trying to do, I'm also not really trying to go hard at it. So I, you know, at, at one point I felt like I'm like, okay, what's the minimum amount of work I can put in to be like decent, <laughs> you know, like what's, and so that's what really got me started in yoga because I was good at it and I liked it. And so I'm like, all right, well, I can do this like twice a week and like kind of get, get some classes uh, under my belt and feel pretty good with it, you know. And I did that for a long time and I saw no changes in myself. There was no change in uh, there was no change in me emotion emotionally. There was no change in me physically, really. Uh, maybe I got a little stronger, a little more flexible, but like I still wasn't really connecting with my body. Sure, it was fun, and I liked moving in that way, but I knew that there was more to that that I wasn't really giving myself an opportunity to experience. Um, but the biggest downfall for me is nutrition and growing up as a female and always being concerned with how many calories did I eat today and how much do I need to work out to burn those calories off? And I was like constantly thinking of that in my head and it just bogged me down all the time. And then I got to a point where that moderation mindset, like it gets, it get, got to me nutritionally as well. You know, like what's the like least amount of stuff I can cut out or what's the like, you know, how can I do this? Like, as easy as possible and like get to where I want to be. And like, you can't do that. You can stay where you are. You can, I was healthy, you know, my, my body was functioning decently and I was healthy, but I wasn't going anywhere. And so I'm like, here I am counting all these freaking calories for no reason, <laughs> for no reason at all. I'm not connecting with the, my food. I'm making bad choices based on like how many calories are in this and what I've done that day. And it just screws with your head so much. And when I give people advice now about nutrition, the number one thing I tell them is I'm like, let it go. 
start to think about a healthy eating lifestyle over time, but stop, stop, stop counting the calories. Stop thinking about what foods you need to cut out of your diet. Like eat whole foods and, and work on it over time and be done with it. Get it out of your head. Over time, it'll become a habit and you'll get used to that. And you won't really, you won't do things like eat out or drink beer in excess or, you know, you just won't do that as much because you start feeling better and it kind of takes care of itself. It does. Now, at that same time, how were you viewing yourself? Like, Oh, I was so hard on myself. Like, I what did, was so what did hard you see? Did you see any athleticism? Did you see any, no. did you see what you've became today? Did you see that like even as a possibility? No, I think that I always thought I could be, I did gymnastics growing up. I wasn't great at it, but I did it. I mean, I was decent at it. Never played sports. And I think I was always, like, searching for, like, that thing I was good at. Because I was decent at some stuff, but never really good at anything, you know? And so when I started doing yoga more and, like, then when I started doing more calisthenics and stuff, that really, like, helped me find myself and what I liked and all of that. But, yeah, I just didn't know. I didn't know. I tried running, I tried cycling, I did, you know, just normal strength training things. Which are all scientifically backed and yeah, contextually what everybody good. does. And, you know, I see my friends making progress with this stuff mm-hmm. and running marathons. And, I mean, and it's really cool. I'm like, that's badass. Right. So maybe I'll try that. And then it's like, you know, it's just not for me. And so I had to keep digging and digging and digging because this whole time I'm thinking I'm working my ass off, even though I really wasn't not getting anywhere and still just like bashing myself every day, creating more stress, creating injuries, creating like all this bullshit that when (laughs) really I just needed to like get to know myself a little bit better and be patient with the process. But yeah, trial and error. So now when you look at Jeff, When well, you this, this is un, this is unscripted so <laughs> this feels um, very unfair. <laughs> when you look at Jeff, would you? I mean, I pretty much you would say you see a tall, mm-hmm. athletic man yes. who's got great like great movement uh-huh. and a good strong base of strength and has good muscular tone and definition. Yep. If I saw Jeff and I didn't know him, I would think he was fit. Exactly. Now Jeff probably thinks he's skinny as shit. <laughs> Man, less so today than I used to. And I, I was, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm six foot four. I was probably through college, 165, 170 maybe, uh, which is skinny. And, and so the reality, though, is that I played some sports as a kid, like golf and baseball and basketball, and I was never good at any of it. Um, I was okay occasionally at some things. But I also hate like I hated practice. I didn't want to do anything extra. Um, when I tried to start exercising, like I tried the running thing. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go run a marathon. My sisters had done it. Like despised running. I think my longest run was like 10 miles, and then I was like, one, this hurts, and I hate it. And so I basically stopped running. Got into cycling and actually got pretty decent at that. Doing some long distance cycling, which um, which was great. That was sort of my first thing I did that really got me into fitness. That like really stuck to a degree because I still, it's like I wanted to go do those cool long rides and everything, but I also spent a lot of time like hating it and being miserable and not having that, that motivation to get up and go out and ride my bike when I needed to. And 
finally got into jujitsu, what led me to green strength that again, I want, I off and on, I tried to like lift some weights, but it was like, oh, I'm, I'm skinny and I'm weak and I don't like it. It's not fun. It's hard. It sucks. And I would never stick with anything until finally started finding something that I liked, which was really the green strength style getting into, you know, I thought the kettlebell stuff was cool. That's probably a large reason why I first started and then really kind of fell in love with it and some of the things that we do. And, and, and it's, it's changed my mentality about a lot of things, uh, but it's still always been, I will say things to myself and again, less so now because I've developed more confidence in how I look and feel. I've like, I feel good about myself and that hasn't always been the case. Uh, but certainly have had a real trouble with that internal monologue that I say things that are self-defeating to myself, that I say things to myself that I would never in a million years say to any other human being. And I think that's what we do like as, as humans. Right. And this oh, is, that's good. It's affected yeah. like my jujitsu competing where I've finally have got to a point where I feel more comfortable in my ability and my skill at jujitsu, where if I go and I compete that more of my issue is between my ears. It's, it's the head game where I psych myself out before I even step on the mat. And so I have defeated myself because I get that. Why am I here? This sucks. What am I doing? Oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. Like, what if, what if, oh, you're, are you ready? You know, all those kinds of negative things. And like, that has been extraordinarily difficult. And I've had to like find some tricks truly to like trick myself into not thinking that way. And it helps. I do better. I'm more comfortable, all those kinds of things. But man, I, again, I'll say it again because I forget where I first heard this, but that that we tend to say things to ourselves that we would never say to anybody else. But why do we do it to ourselves? And like that's the thing that we have to take control of because we have this impression of ourselves that is in no way grounded in reality in many cases. Yes, was I skinny before? Sure. But like I've shown that there's a method to go about you know, fixing that feeling by just doing something, finding something that you love. And like, it changes how you feel about yourself and to find ways to stop saying those horrible, terrible things that we say to ourselves because they aren't real and they're not healthy, but we do it anyway. Even though if some other person, like if you came up to me and said some of the things I say to myself, we would not be friends, right? I'd be like, you are an asshole. Like that is a terrible thing to say to somebody, but yet it's okay for me to say it to myself. I mean, it's not okay, but like we do it. Yeah. We do it. Don't you guys feel like, too, it's like kind of like what I was talking about with nutrition. Oftentimes, you know, we get so wound up about these things inside and we're so concerned with it. Like 24-7, we're thinking about, like, what we've eaten, how many calories we've burned, like, how many steps have we taken, you know, all this stuff. And if you sometimes if you just take a step back and let it go and just relax, like things will start happening. And that's what exactly what happened to me. As soon as I stepped back from that, like horrible relationship I had with calories and how much food I was putting in my body, things just like started happening on their own. And yeah. now rarely do I ever have to think about nutrition or what I'm eating. Am I eating too much? Did I drink too much? Like rarely do I have to, I'm thinking about it more now because I just had surgery and I'm kind of going through a little patch of that, if you will. But but rarely do I have to think about that stuff because I just don't really, I don't care to go like binge on something, you know, and like really destroy myself anymore. It just doesn't really, it's, it doesn't entice me. It's interesting you say that. Um, at the time I was speaking of earlier, um, we'll call it like, we'll call it my 
my hell, heyday, hell day, <laughs> <laughs> hell days. Uh, no, but at that time, there was, you know, the course of about 10 years, I have quarterly blood work, um, DEXA scans, um, you know, skin fold from like real calipers, <laughs> like all this like crazy psychotic data that nobody's really looked at besides myself. And I've always like kind of been on this journey with it. But when I would put up some of those epic weeks of training, and I'm talking about like insane stuff. I remember every day was two a days for sure. And there'd be days that I would have like over 50,000 pounds of volume just from deadlifting alone. Not like anything else. And I would, you know, an off day would literally be single arm swinging that 70 pound to 79 pound bell, you know, single arm for 20 minutes, 10 reps on the minute. I mean, just psychotic stuff. But I got to a level where an off day, a rest day was like simple and sinister with a 70. You know what I mean? Um, But the funny thing is I would always basically about four or five times in my life I've gone so far that it, it just it stopped me. And when it stopped me, I was put in a position where I literally like stepped back for a couple of weeks. I still trained and still did stuff, but I like, I think I actually became like a, a responsible human. I looked at what I was doing and I was like, okay, I would eat double. Okay. I would eat double the amount of food and I would not focus on like doing all the shit that I was told myself I had to do. Dude, I would lean up. My joints would feel better. Uh, and everything, and it was always this clear indication that my body, the inflammation, the inflammatory disease that was in there was like, fuck, thank God you gave us a second to get the fuck out of here. And the stress. And then those, cal- I'm like, double the calories. How does this work with half the output? And it's like, well, the body's like, thank God you're giving me a second. Let me put this into tissue, to cells, to skin, like everything. And so that was, you know, that was kind of the moments when I was always like, this is a, such a weird game of how you know you can reduce activity by 50 percent and you could increase your your calories by 50 percent and good things happen and that's a good point about the stress because i also always tell people when your body isn't functioning mentally emotionally Mm -hmm. you are not going to make progress yeah yeah you're not you're gonna be stuck so let me ask you we've we all know when people Let's let's talk about a person that maybe starts running, uh, starts a, a boot camp or whatever it is, some recreational thing they enjoy. Uh, it could be CrossFit, and they just they they have some good results for a period of time. They're dedicated. They're probably adhering to some sort of nutritional protocol, and they're having that that uh, the results. But it just never stays forever. You know, and it's usually an injury or something, and that's usually the moment we just talked about, where, where our body's taking enough, and it's trying to to get us a signal, but we don't go back, we don't <laughs> evaluate. So we've kind of identified that that person does some of the stuff, and they they reap a little rewards. Now, what keeps them not chasing that, even if it was injury or boredom or whatever that pulls them out, is just that full on love to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, that connection. So, so then we see the other type of people that are they're going for something and they have those short bursts of time where they're they're not they're so willing to go every day that they're also willing to psychotically change their diet from somebody who enjoyed food to somebody who's like not even hardly eating food. Mm-hmm. And they make a little progress and then that fizzles off pretty quickly and that really doesn't even end up very good because they never even got athletic or anything. They never even had like a moment to shine. They just were in that self-destructive moment. 
So in the in yoga classes, I frequent um, I frequent in a lot of yoga classes, and and you can see the ones who are getting through it, and you can see the ones who are still getting through the same suck, but they're embracing the suck. And and what I mean by this is like we've kind of identified that we know now with this help, the self help stuff that we have to go through the fire. We have to have some discomfort and we have to find comfort in that discomfort in order to, to really gain value, especially long-term. Jeff likes to play with, we all like to play with kettlebells. They still suck all the time, but we love like the process and we know what we're signing up for. And so we're willing to enjoy the grind. And I think this whole thing we were talking about earlier is when people start to find the things that they can truly enjoy. And look, this is coming from two trainers that have been in the, like all across the industry and in multiple things. And somebody who's done, uh, been around this industry. And I mean, like, you got to find it. You get, we want to send you anywhere. Like, we, we don't, it's not about doing our method or our it's thing, not. it's about finding what you believe that you, you find value and that you're ready to fight the discomfort and learn. And yeah, then and you're willing to be bad at something uh, but every also, day. Like if you are bad at it or if you don't, if you're not connecting with it right off the bat, be open-minded, give it a chance, but know when it's like, okay, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be mad about that. In fact, I, I tend to move towards people now in my career that truly want to do what I'm teaching them. Okay, continuing on with this, when we look at truly passionate people, let's use jujitsu and let's use yoga and let's use kettlebells, those three distinct fields. When we look at the, the real passionate people who live the jujitsu lifestyle, they relatively have it pretty much figured out physically. Like they're, they're not usually crazy overweight and stuff like, you know, like they look good athletically because they move on a daily basis. And they move in such an organic human being way. When you go into yoga, it, it's the common joke, like, oh, I don't want to go in there because the, you know, the good-looking yoga girls, the ones who fly around, they can do all that. But they are a product of enjoying the discomfort, and they've invested into it, and that is like them. They've become that. And the same thing happens in kettlebells. If you truly start to enjoy kettlebells and you start to think about the things that we try to teach on, on a daily basis, it's like, all right, I'm really going to figure out what creating tension and rooting into the ground and, and optimally firing my glutes and engaging my lats and doing these things so I can keep making the same damn swing better and better and better and better. Um, then I'm, what I mean by this is there's a much more organic result. And this is what you and I were talking about that we both have experienced without even knowing each other is we tried everything and we were doing everything right and everything was still creating results. But it wasn't until we became free and we just started becoming back to the pillars. Like we took care of our human baseline. We said, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to eat good food. and I'm going to stop counting and stressing about this shit. That's number one. I'm going to move around all the time. If I don't feel like doing that heavy ass training and that stuff that's banging me up, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go for walks. I'm going to move. I'm going to be around people. I'm going to do things. And then the third, you just, your breath is conscious because you were engaged in the practice. And you put those three things together. And you and I both found that 
our lean muscle mass was better, like uh, the aesthetic and balance of our own physiques was better. I started achieving the look that I was slaving to try to create <laughs> Same. without doing anything. Same. And I say out doing anything, I just started living the lifestyle we were trying to present. And then I started realizing it's like, well, now everything's truly kind of icing on the cake. Do I want to lift some weights again? Well, I can do that because I've built this, this thing. But let's go back to like what we we're talking about in building that primal people who move and people who truly move their body, run, crawl, climb, roll. You build a different athleticism. It's a and a different, different connection 100%. with your body. Yeah. And it's awkward. I mean, you and I have both taught primal movements, and it's tough for people's ego because they're not good at it, and they're embarrassed, and their quads are burning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. But it, it makes total sense. I mean, when, when we think about a human being confined to just a bunch of machines and a bunch of just dumbbells and, like, try to create a stimulus and then we, we want this aesthetic change, we've got to bring more to the environment. The environment just isn't our supplements, our, our nutrition, and our, our gym. The environment is the way we move 24-7 and the connection we build within our body. As you, both you and I started hitting that side, of the journey. I still have a, a, a lot of struggles with myself personally, and I know we, we, we all do, but mm-hmm. I became a lot more confident. Same. And it became a different confident. It became like a real confident. Like, like I accepted things better because it was like, yeah, this is who I am. And you're, this is who I am, and I'm living a healthy lifestyle. And you can do it but too. I'm enjoying my life, and I'm not crazy strict. Right. And I don't work out twice a day. Like, you can do it too. Anyone can do it. Yeah. But it's the mindset. It's letting go. And it is it is about moving organically. Because if you can't figure out how to move organically and, and connect with your own body, that's when it gets tough to keep going with whatever workout regimen that you're doing. Because right. you get injured and mm-hmm. – or or you don't really enjoy it. So you're just like not motivated. Like Jeff said about the running, like I was the same way too, like recycling. I just didn't, I got to where I didn't want to, I have to run eight miles today yeah. and I just don't want to do it. And we, and we know that the cyclists you see, they get really good. They just, they start really loving it, man. And that becomes their tribe and they're down to fight through injuries to continue to get back on the bike. And that's, that's what you've built with yourself, Jeff. Like you started with jujitsu and you started becoming an athletic human being, the deepest, most primal way in like using your body combatively with another human being. You started building real strength in areas that people in the weight room will never, never build. But then combining that with the little cannonball a little kettlebell that you've, you know, liked to go to, you started building mass and building functional, and I hate to, to say functional movement because that gets so bastardized, but you started building true function in the biomechanics and the structure of your body. And you, your, your creativity, your pushing through the discomfort times, your studying and reading and stuff has allowed you to really understand how to be, to translate that onto the mat. Cause now like we, 
you said that you know you used to vision yourself as somebody who wasn't very strong, and then all of a sudden when you compete, people tell you how strong you are. When we roll, you know, people tell you how strong you are because you have you've created a lifestyle of real human strength. You have strong hands, you have strong feet, you have strong hips. You know, the stuff that is not sexy for everybody else to do, you've embraced it. I have a question for you, Jeff, as a practitioner. Okay. And not a trainer. So it's easy for, like, Luke and I to feel inspired and creative as far as these type of movements are concerned because that's what we do for a living. Like, I make up yoga flows and primal flows and kettlebell flows. That's what I do for a living. I train people. But as a practitioner, how do you connect with that when someone else, I mean, with jujitsu, it's kind of like you know what you're doing there and you have your certain skill set that you practice or whatever. But as far as, like, from a kettlebell training aspect, how do you feel creatively about, like, taking a workout that, say, Luke has made you and and doing that workout? Like, how are you able to connect with that given that you aren't the trainer, you're not the one figuring out the lift and writing down the program? Yeah, so for me, it's been, like you've said the words, connecting with your body. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it is. So on, for example, if I'm working on even just pull-ups or push-ups or I'm doing kettlebell swings, it's like, yeah, I can just come in, do my five sets of 10 kettlebell swings and move on to the next thing and go do that thing. But it's really been that exploration of trying to feel all the small things to really connect with, okay, when I'm doing this movement, I'm, I'm almost envisioning like the, the, the movement, the position that my body's going through and how that may be a, a spherical movement or a linear movement or a, like an infinity symbol in certain, like there's all these different ways that your body moves and how I'm trying to really connect with that to understand like the little connections, the details, the nuance, as opposed to, yeah, I just got to pick up this kettlebell and lift it over my head. But then like, what am I doing with the different, with the left side of my body versus the right side and my feet and my hips and making all those little connections to try to figure out how do I continue to expand this skill? Because I've recognized that strength is a skill, right? And so um, obviously there's the physical attributes of it, but it's also the skill aspect and how do I make that more skillful so that I can progress? And I think that's what I've really started to in the last year or so try to really dive more into that understanding of how I'm moving and connecting and, and everything else that goes into it. That's where the creativity comes in for me as a practitioner. But that all starts with, and you know, we're getting close to running out of time here, but to me as the practitioner, that only happened because I found my way to getting connected to the people in the tribe who can provide that guidance to me, who can help me see the beauty in it, can help me understand what I'm doing. And that has what has helped me grow. I could not have done it on my own. I, there's no way I ever could have done it on my own. There are different places that people have success with that I wouldn't have, but it's all about finding that thing that the best program is the one you'll stick with, right? But finding the people who will help boost you up, pick you up, make you feel good about yourself, make you feel confident, and will help give you their knowledge so that you can find that love in the suck. And so I have found that, and I want everyone else to find that as well. And so I'd love for you guys to kind of give your, your as we're running out of time here, well, the, the parting parting wisdom. 
I think that's a, a great way of putting it because I just started thinking of like y- y- the yoga room. What about the the girl who finally comes in there and she's been eating junk food, she's a little bit overweight, mm-hmm. but when she finds her tribe and mm-hmm. she is dedicated to the suck and it's become fun, you know, that, that whole yeah. journey, the way they view themselves instantly changes and you can see it. I don't, that person is completely identified different. They mm-hmm. glow different. Um, and it happens in men, women, all sex, all ages, everything. We have to find, of course, we all think negatively about ourselves. We all say these things, but we don't truly know how we look. And we need to just start painting the picture of how we, we look in our thoughts and then paint that with our actions as well. And the only way you're going to get there is to by f- finding something you're passionate truly about learning and finding somebody who can be there to listen to you and guide you and help you through the suck because as both Hailey and I were texting today, like that's exactly what we have to, like when we go through this, it's reassurance that we're on this path to go through this valuable stuff to know that we can teach and we can help others uh, conquer the same thing we're going through. Absolutely. I think that kind of what we were talking about earlier, I was thinking about that and just how, you know, I have built such a connection to my body and my mechanics and through my experience. But my number one goal with my students is to help them figure that out as well. I don't want to babysit you and tell you every, you know, because I do, you know, your right hip needs to move back an inch. But because I do that, they start to figure out, like like Jeff was saying, this is how this is supposed to feel in my body. This is what yeah. I'm looking for. How do I make this exercise better? It's not by having my coach watch me do it 10 times and give me corrections. It's by listening to what they're telling me and trying to figure that out in my own body. Yeah. It's truly the only way to... It's pretty groundbreaking. It's, it's the only way to really have long-lasting, tangible results. Um, mm-hmm. So... Well, guys, I, this was valuable for me, uh, very uplifting, and uh, appreciate your willingness to share some of your deep, dark places that you've been. So, highly hit our listeners with how they can connect with you on social media. Uh, you can find me at the Yoga Box OKC on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and, of course, my studio, The Yoga Box. You can check us out at theyogaboxokc.com. Check it out. Coach Luke. Green Strength IV on Instagram and uh, GreenStrengthHQ.com is the website. Check it out, guys. Come connect with us no matter where you are in the world. They'd love to pour some wisdom and, and goodness into your life. So thank you guys so much for being a part of the Green Strength community where we're going to continue moving forward, getting back to the basics and just uplifting our life and our consciousness. And we hope you'll join us too. So keep coming back. We'll see you next week on the Green Strength Podcast. It's like Johnny Carson. <laughs>